Welcome to BusinessWorks. This is Hal Alpiar along with Dr. Ken Wyant from Tennessee Tech, and we are talking today about what is your best guess about customers and patients and clients and what they really think. And so we're going to give you a couple of ideas here about how you can gather that information. The last program we did, if you may recall, was on employees and picking the right people. And uh, if you missed it, you may want to go back into the um, so-called archives uh, on podcasts at newstalk941.com slash podcasts. And then you just scroll down to BusinessWorks. Um, Ken, you want to uh, well, give us an so idea on... If it- I know my company. Yes. I know my product. Right. I know what's best for the customers. Then you should be making I know a what they should buy. Then Isn't that what? good enough? Say it again. Isn't that, if I know my product yeah. and I know what my customers should want. Right. So I don't need to do any of that. Are you saying that's oh, wrong? So you think you know it all. Yeah. Oh, Isn't that what? I got news for you. <laughs> you don't. And oh. I don't care if you've been in business for 100 years and uh, or if you've been um taking courses on how to start a business or going to entrepreneur school or whatever it is, you don't know the answer to that. You never know the answer to that until you ask. And you have to ask in a genuine way and listen in a genuine way and not respond in a genuine way. Well, how do you do all of that? What are, what's one of the key ingredients in making that happen? Um, you, we, you know, what we're talking about here is really fo- uh, what's called a focus group. And, and how do you have a focus group? And there are a number, of, let's, let's, if you got a pencil and you're not driving <laughs> or a pen uh, or a keyboard, I suppose is okay. The idea is to jot down um, six little one word, two word, three word uh, statements with each of the, the six points. And, and first, I'm going to tell you that what matters really is what customers and patients and clients actually say and actually think and how they express those comments. That takes a focus group. And focus groups require consideration under the following six umbrellas. And we're going to come back and talk about each. One is participants, and we'll explain that. Two is a moderator. Willie will explain that. Three is a comfortable off-campus setting. Uh, Four is to record it all. Five is more than one group. And six is rewards. And then we're going to come back and talk about each of those. So I hope you've jotted them down. If you didn't, you can pick them up on the second go-round here. Um, Ken, you want to make some comments maybe on this focus group idea, first of all, and then we can get into those details. The notion is is a lot of times we think we can ask a few people what we need, and that takes care of getting the feedback on running our business operations and what we sell and how we interact with customers. I've had someone in in my life, uh, every time I would rant and rave about something or talk about customers this or that, the question was always posed to me, well, tell me what you really think. And, <laughs> and of course, that prompted me to rant and rave even more. But then the more I digested that question, I realized that um, I was talking about 
my impressions rather than the reality of what the circumstances were. And I think that in this case, we want to know what the reality is, but it's not something that we uh, ordinarily can do on our own. And so if you if you have a business that you run, you own, you manage, you operate, uh, or, a, or a professional practice, a, a healthcare practice, or a lawyer's office, or whatever, you're going to need uh, the opportunity to exercise tools that bring you the information that will make a difference for you. And I, 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 we're going to underscore that a few times because it's not the ordinary thing. And it does take a little adjusting of your thought process and the time commitment and all of that to make it work. Um, you can get an accurate reading of other people's perceptions about the products and the, or the services that you offer and how to offer them. And it's not by using questionnaires or interviews or surveys. Um, most of that, people are never truthful in responding or they don't respond in a meaningful way. And so um, depending on what is said, you have to end up being a major researcher to figure it out. It's not That's not always the best avenue. It never hurts to ask, but the answers you're going to get are, are not going to be as useful as you would get with a focus group. Uh, focus groups do not have to be expensive. They do not have to be complicated. Uh, but there are there is a need to adhere to the six points that we mentioned earlier. Um, and I will just hit on those one more time, and then we're going to take a short break after that and come back to you. So it's participants, moderator, comfortable off-campus setting, record it all, more than one group, and rewards. And as soon as we get a chance, we will be right back. Don't go away. We're going to explain those to you. Welcome back to BusinessWorks. This is Hal Alpiar and uh, Ken Wyant, Dr. Wyant, and we've been talking so far about the idea of a focus group and why this is a good practice for every and all businesses and professional practices. It Because it brings to the surface the reality of what customers and prospective customers really think, and it's not something that you can just casually ask people and then have them respond because it is a natural instinct to want to be defensive. If you hear something that's even slightly out of kilter with what you want it to be, you're going to take an attitude of, oh, well, that's because of this and start to explain it. Or you're going to uh, get a little arrogant. You know, in either of those events, you're not getting true information and and um, that tends to be the norm. So the best way to do that is avoid it altogether, to have an independent individual or, or business uh, conduct a focus group for you with your customer base. You can also do the same thing with employees, but that independence is an important factor there. Um, you, can, you can start out by taking a mix of customers. I would suggest screening the customers so that they represent the types of prospects that you feel you most want to reach. That you take nine, I like to say nine to 11 of those people. Um, you'll see all different numbers involved. I like to keep an odd number because on the rare occasion where you might, a moderator might ask the group to vote on something, 
you will have a winner. <laughs> you can't do that with even numbers. So um, as odd as that may seem, I think odd numbers uh, uh, do a better job. So if you, if you get 9 or 11 screened customers and types of prospects you most want to reach and then identify those who best seem to represent your target market or, or otherwise your results might not be, they might be too skewed and not, not be useful to you. Um, do you have any comments on that I think participants that, uh, part? It's in, this gives you a chance to get that broad uh, spectrum of, of customers to respond. Uh, if you just relied on comment cards or uh, uh, questionnaires, that you're going to get two things. You're going to get that group that are vocal. Uh, naturally, you're going to get those that have an extreme response uh, instead of a broad range of, res uh, of of experiences. And and I think all of those tend to skew what you would get if you tried to do something different. Uh, I think it's important to get that broad aspect, uh, broad group of customers that really fit your target, who you're trying to reach with and, your business. And so you're also talking about controlling uh, the participants in a sense. And so that leads to the next uh, topic, which is the moderator. M the moderator is very critical to make this work. It can be an independent consultant. It can be a, uh, a small firm that maybe does market research. Um, of course, you, you don't want to spend a small fortune. <laughs> so um, don't think that you can avoid spending money uh, by doing this yourself. The, the, the worst thing you can do is decide to run your own focus group if you run the business. It just will not happen. You will not get the results that you need to get. And um, you're going to waste a, a lot of time and actually, in the end, waste money. So it's, it's worth it to get, you know, one person who's experienced, a consultant or a coach, uh, someone who has uh, done this before, who knows how to interpret body language, for example, who knows how to be objective, who knows how to quiet down someone who's getting out of hand or to encourage someone who's being too quiet to speak. This is someone who is a specialist at getting full participation in a group discussion. So it, it also is up to that individual to keep the discussion lively and beneficial to your interests without feeling as you might, for example, the need to be defensive in responding to a comment or an attitude. So in this case, it's actually best to not be present as well. I've done some focus groups where the owner of the business, uh, after after being properly <laughs> properly scolded about the opportunity, uh, would would sit in another room with a speaker and be able to hear what was going on. Um, but I don't even recommend that because some people are not going to be patient enough to just sit still and listen without getting up or banging on the wall. And so. The unbiased, <laughs> the goal is to get the unbiased feedback. Right. And uh, if I, I've been in situations where a, an interested party was participating and that defensiveness comes down in an attempt to explain uh, why it was, why this, it way. was this way or otherwise, and it gets... It, it moves you off the topic of what are the issues and in, in trying to understand um, customer response to um, the service or the product. 
And then the goal is to get that unbiased feedback to allow you to make adjustments in your business for improvement. Good. So we get 9 to 11 screened customers, put them in one place, have a moderator who is experienced at facilitating groups to represent your interests. And then, of course, would be responsible for giving you a comprehensive report. Um, Does all this happen sitting in the office or in the middle of your retail store or... uh, on the, the bus service that you drive and sitting on a bus. I mean, wh- where does this take place? Do you, do you have any thoughts about that you want to share uh, with? It's, you want to get outside the normal business environment. Okay. It, and the goal is to create an environment that is comfortable uh, without um, any of the hints of the service or product that you're dealing with. Right. That's so important. that you can you have that. Just open say that discussion. again. Yeah. That's really important. Say that again for me. To remember what I just said. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the hard part. Well, well, without uh, any... But you want to get outside the environment of the business or service so that you can uh, uh, really uh, relax and, and take away some of those signals that would tend to bias. To keep total objectivity and involved. keep the objectivity yeah. that we have for the discussion. Okay. Um, so it's, and it needs to be a relaxing environment. Yes. Um, you want the people, the nine to 11 people and the moderator to feel comfortable. So the setting should be more like a living room than like a theater or, um, uh, you don't want people sitting in rows. Uh, it, it's a it's a sitting in a circle kind of experience um, where you can talk with one another face to face. Where you can, as a moderator, can observe uh, body language. And if someone is uh, is sitting there and saying how wonderful they think things are, but they've got their arms folded, their legs crossed, they're looking over the tops of their glasses, and they've got a a little attitude in their voice. You can see that as a moderator, and so you kind of shift gears to help people feel more comfortable. So the the environment itself is helpful, and then um, and that can be a general meeting room in a business building or a nearby hotel or a conference center, uh, sometimes even a private restaurant room where you might host an informal dinner and and uh, or or a kind of a a uh, uh, you know snack situation there so that um, people are relaxed enough to talk and say what's really on their mind. And then it's a matter of the moderator pulling that out and getting that information. Um, We also, uh, we're going to take a break here, but we're going to come back to you with the, those are the first three things. We got three more to go on this, and then we're going to talk a little bit about that. So um, we'll be right back. Don't go away. Welcome back to BusinessWorks. This is Hal Alpiar with Dr. Ken Wyant from Tennessee Tech. And we are talking about focus groups and the importance of a small business, a big business, a professional practice, doctors, dentists, lawyers, uh, you know, that, that there is an opportunity here to increase the size and growth of your business and the speed with which it increases in growth and size by finding out exactly what your customers and the prospective customers that you have, what they really think about the business 
or the service or the products that you offer. And, and that the best way to do that is not by yourself. The best way to do it is to get a professional moderator, a person who is a business coach or consultant who has the experience of running focus groups to get nine to 11 uh, screened customers or prospects that you most want to reach and who you think would be useful and helpful to uh, giving straight answers and put them in a comfortable, what I call off-campus setting, um, someplace not in your place of business, a relaxing environment, um, a, a big living room, a meeting room, a, bit, a, a nearby hotel, a conference center, restaurant, whatever, a, a private room in a restaurant, of course. Um, and then the next three steps of how to make that work, one is to record it all. So with a with a audio recorder, uh, to record everything that takes place and have everyone know about that. It's the moderator's job to introduce it so it's not threatening to people. Um, it will not be reproduced. It will not be distributed. It is just an opportunity for the business people who run the business to be able to hear firsthand what some of the comments are because the moderator can't write notes down about everything. So it's just a vehicle at this point. But it's, it's important to record the whole event. And, and with that understanding um, that the, the moderator must represent to those involved, um, that it's there to ensure accuracy of whatever written notes are made. Um, Ken, you're nodding your head. I've, In your focus groups that you've uh, yes. conducted, uh, do uh, some of the participants have concerns about the recording? Yes, and that, and that, so that's part of what takes place in the uh, screening. Uh, in screening, the customers or types of prospects you most want to respond and be part of this, you also bring that subject up, that it will be recorded in full. Do you have any problem with that? The only reason is to cover the notes that we can't take fast enough so that when we can go back and, and hear what people say, um, that it makes a big difference. And if you have an issue with that, then thank you very much for considering this, but we need to find someone who will. Also seeing where there's a bit of caution at the beginning of a focus group because of the worry of the recording. But as the focus group continues, uh, it that issue seems to relax. Oh, yeah. Nobody even remembers the that it's there. Uh, and... and 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 go. But I do think that that's an important aspect is to make sure that the participants understand the sole purpose of the recording is to improve the response, the responsiveness and the un interpreting of the results. Written notes are incomplete, no matter uh, how, how dedicated you, you are <laughs> at trying you to write them down hand. during the session. Yeah. So I think that's a good point. Um, that yeah, So that gets built into the participants part, the first part. How do you screen those who are going to participate? And that's something that needs to be brought up at that point. So people know what they're getting into. Um, as Ken just mentioned, um, when you're in the group and having a discussion, nobody even thinks about it anymore. So it's better just deal with it up front and um, – if somebody decides they want to be eliminated from the group because of that, that's fine. There are always going to be others you can find to step up and and participate. So, you know, if you have nine or eleven, you might want to start with a fifteen in your mind, you know, uh, that you can use so that you have a couple of uh, 
of extras available to you that you can bring in. So recording it all, that's really important. Um, to do more than one group is even equally important because it gives you more accurate results. If you take nine or 11 people um, into a room and you sit with them and you even have a professional moderator and you've done everything right, there still is a, a, a good possibility that answers that people give will be skewed depending on how strong the moderator is in exercising group discussion skills, depending on one or two or three members of the group who are more outspoken, um, depending on uh, the weather. <laughs> you never know. So sometimes it's a good idea to have a couple of these take place, two or three of them, I would think. Every group, every focus group, every group of people or every session has its own a personality of the group. Yeah, that's uh, a good develops. point. Right. And, and, and so that personality can, can, um, like you said, skew or pull the conversation in one direction or another. And so diversifying that a little bit and, and having multiple sessions, different groups allows that to happen. In 30 years of teaching, every class develops its own personality and, and structure and and so having uh, more than one group uh, helps you balance it out a little bit. And uh, that that's well well taken and well explained. Uh, focus groups can be uh, they having more than one um, is valuable because of those reasons. It also can be used at different times to allow for a variety or for additional data. Um, one one other aspect to all of this besides the participants and the moderator in the off-campus setting and recording it all and the more accurate results with more than one group are the rewards. This is really important, too. You've got these people sitting there for an hour or so. Um, if you're not giving them a meal or at least a coffee, tea, water, juice, and snacks or something, uh, a small token gift with a personally signed business card, by the way, um, a personally signed thank you card by by the practice owner or the business owner or the principal and the moderator, a thank you card plus a token gift, maybe a small potted plant, a $10 gift card for a local restaurant, something like that. The bottom line, go for it. Thank you very much for your time today. We look forward to seeing you again soon. This is how LPR and Ken Wyant for Business Works.